Welcome to Front Sight Men's Podcast. I am Pastor Ron Smith, your host, and in the house in the room is Jacob. He is our director. Jacob's hello to everybody. Hey, hey, hey. All right, everybody waved back. We couldn't see him, but we know they did. <laughs> Man, we are on episode 11. This is phenomenal. This was a desire of mine, goodness gracious, intensely over a year ago um, to do this, and I can't believe we're actually making it happen. We're here. Yeah. Now, yeah, it's Jacob and I in the room today. We're gonna—I'm gonna take um, probably a little more serious tone. So don't tune me out. Don't tune me. Don't 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 turn it off. Right, stay stay with me. We're gonna we're gonna take a little more serious tone and by design. So probably to date, my favorite um, episodes was episode eight with Mike. I love that. Mm, there yeah. wasn't a script. I didn't write one. Yeah. I just had questions and we went with it. And then probably to date, right, to date, my favorite one is with you guys, with Jordan, yourself, yeah. and Jean. Jean and th- those guys had great insight, yeah. right, for the first time on a podcast. For sure. That was awesome. And then, of course, um, with my girls and Raina in there talking about how to be um, an American girl dad. I love that. I, so here's what we've done. I started out, I throttled this thing up fast and furious and hard. Here's what I mean by that. I really didn't want Front Sight at first to be um, an open invitation. I wanted it to be by invitation only. Yeah. So um, maybe more out of I don't I don't want to use the word frustration, but more out of the uh, out of just knowing I've counseled men for so long that it's you know I was like all right like I'm tired of them making the same stupid mistakes Mm. and speaking even to myself. And like I said, I found that I've had the same conversations over and over and over. So I'm like, let's just do this together. And had so many guys were like, Pastor Ron, can you just do something like this? I even had wives asking me, can you just do something like this? Like my husband won't come to a Bible study, but he does listen to podcasts. Mm. And I thought, let's do this. Yeah. And so we've been lighthearted. We've had some fun. I throttled it up. I really defined at the beginning of what is what is front sight. And so let me just remind us if maybe this is your first time, right? And and here's where we are. Front sight, looking at a front sight with the rear aperture and the front sight post. Um, we want you guys, we're striving to be men who are faithful, focused, and fearless. Uh, we, we're going to offer you real-life conversation that give life-changing adjustments and take-home advice. I love that because that's faithful, focused, fearless, Life, real life conversation, life changing adjustments, get it focused, like right in the middle, and then take home advice, like things you can do with this stuff, like right now. Hmm. Um, and so today, um, I'm going to deal with this topic uh, you're looking at. It's called living outside the wire. If you're not familiar with that term, that's a military term, means you're going off base, uh, you're, you're FOB, your forward operating base, and you're headed out into territory where you know guns are going to be blazing, heads up, the enemy is around. Mm. Now, here's what we're talking about. We're going to talk about three things, temptation, pride, and success. Mm. Um, Three, I think, three of the biggest enemies, um, especially for men, no matter what age you are, no matter how um, successful life may look and appear, these are three of the biggest things that we deal with. 
Now, why am I taking a more personal tone on this? Because in the last month, just in the last month, I am currently dealing with at least four. Those that's, and I know there's more, um, but four intense situations of exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. And so, um, Rodney's off today, and it's Jacob and I, and I'm kind of glad it worked out that way. Not meaning I'm I'm not glad Rodney's not here. He brings a lot, literally, to the table. Um, and I cannot run this thing without Jacob. I just do not. I get confused. I'm looking across the table now at all the buttons, <laughs> and there are so many different colors, and I don't, nope, not me, right? But uh, so he is much needed, and even his voice in here is needed, but I, I like this. I like this approach we're going to take today. So here's the feel in my head. I want you to, to find a quiet place. Um, I want you, if you're driving down the road, if you're trying to grab this podcast between um, meetings, right? If you're at home, I, 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 need, I need your attention. Like, I, what I'm going to offer today is, is, is biblical, number one, but number two, it's, it's proven. And number three, I've watched it work, and I've also watched it when it's not followed. I've watched it fail, and I'm tired of seeing it fail. I'm tired of seeing guys fall just pray to the enemy. I'm tired of marriages that are struggling over just stupid stuff. And I want to, I literally want to take aim at biblical manhood. And, and I'm not saying this one podcast can solve it all because only all I can do is give you the information. Mm-hmm. That's all I can do. Yeah. And I, all I can do is pray over you, but I'm, I want you to hear my loving intensity right now on this topic, okay? So are you ready for this? All right, let, let's walk through this. Jacob, Yeah. you now own a home, mm-hmm. right? And and I know a lot about you know you, and, and you and I have a lot of similarities in that. Let me ask you some questions. Okay. What if, what if someone came into your house to rob you? Like, do you think you'd be ready? I mean, nobody's really ready for that, but do you think you're ready? I, I mean, I would think so. What have you done? Like, what makes you think you're ready? I mean, I have a security system. Okay. I have some guns. I have okay. um, just like cameras. I have just, right. I have. I'm, I'm ready to. Are to you go. like? Do, would you say you're like aware? Like, are you, you know, like you pull the blinds down at night. Yeah. Do, you, do you ever find yourself running through mental scenarios? Like, is somebody looking in the window? Yeah. What is that car that I don't know that's out front? Yes. You, do you do stuff like that? For sure. There was a car. Um, a few months ago, that was like, why is it parked in front of my house for so long? Um, it would be it was multiple days. I was like, what in the world? But yeah, things like that, I, I'm I'm aware of. There's there's like a little road behind my house, and I'm, oh yeah yeah yeah, I'm constantly looking at that, making sure. Yeah, I remember when you guys were looking at that. The house was it is awesome, and it was an awesome opportunity. And by the way, just man, so glad you guys got into a house when you did. Yes, like before things just went ridiculous. But yeah, I remember looking at that, and I was like, where does that road go? Yeah. And who's going to be on this? Because it's right there, you know, right, right near you. Okay, here's another one. Um, and again, not most of us aren't fully prepared for this. But what about if road rage escalated and it appeared like this this might go sideways? Yeah. Like, have you thought through stuff like that? Yeah, I mean, I've basically because I've watched videos. <laughs> right, right. Well, that's okay. But yeah, um, yeah I mean, I, I've definitely thought about like, okay, what if this person goes off? And goes crazy. Like, mm-hmm. how do I get out of here? How do I stop them mm-hmm. from, you know, acting on me or my family? Mm-hmm. And it's just something that, like, 
you know, I, I mean, I carry a gun when, right. when I can. So right. um, that's something that I'm, I'm, I'm pre- trying to mentally prepare for. Right. But, you know, you're, not, you're probably never fully prepared. No, 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 no. You're, you know, you're not. Um, all right. Here's another one. What about if your house was on fire while, you know, I mean, number of scenarios here, while you're sleeping or if you come home or you're awake working in the kitchen? Like we just had a family at the church and, you know, lightning struck a tree, boom, went in from the tree root into the house Yikes. and, you know, hit some stuff. They they literally were about to pull into their driveway in minutes after it happened. But wow. no one's really fully prepared for that. But my point is, do you think you do you think you give thought to dangerous scenarios and what might I do? Yeah, I mean, I think dangerous scenarios are something that definitely I think about, but it's it's something that like yeah, I mean, I try to give it what I can in thought, but um like, you know, I have a fire extinguisher, you know. Um, yeah. but it's just yeah. like more like what do I grab first? What do I how do I yeah help out the situation? But it's yeah, something that I need to kind of like mentally think about beforehand. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's thought, man. You said it. So so far, whether you know it or not, you've said everything that needs to be said. Um, if you're paying attention. So let's go back to the first question, right? Yeah. So you said I have a security system. That's yeah. that's sort of like an outer perimeter. Uh, you're aware of even beyond the security system. You also have inner security of just different little things. Road rage, you're like, you know, I've watched videos. I mean, you're studying, yeah. like, in, in each one of those situations, and I'm just using these three just to kind of pull them out of the hat kind of a thing, but no one's ever really fully prepared, you know, for especially that one because you don't know how that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. House fire, well, you've got insurance on your home. That's true. Right? I mean, there's there's one area. You've got fire extinguishers. Yeah, yeah. you're doing the best you can. All right, so here's the deal. Like, you, you at least have a plan or you're doing something with that. Like, you've given at least thought towards that. Yeah. All right, guys, you heard that. Now let's get right to it. What if lust was right in your face? What if what if pride steps in? And that, but by the way, that's what that, that's what pride does. I want you to listen to the words that I'm using because they're very critical to how these things happen. Mm. Um, lust is always right in front of your face. Yeah. Pride steps in and wants to redirect your walk. Mm. Like make you. Sh- th- th- there's a reason why they say pride makes you strut like a peacock because it changes your steps. Mm. What about if inappropriate images appeared in your algorithm, right? To think about it. These are the things that were there do you have a plan? Here's the question, guys. Do you have a plan for temptation? Mm. Like you do if someone came to to your house to rob you. Do you have a plan for pride? Like if road rage escalated cuz what pride does is when pride when pride is dominant in our life, if we become hypercritical, mm. we become super defensive, um, we become easily angered um, because we're expecting certain things, and when they're not happening, well, then we don't want to fall off our high horse, so what do you do? You use all those emotions around you to keep you sort of propped up, okay? But listen to what I'm saying. Do you have a plan for lust? Do you have a plan for pride? Do you have a plan for temptation like you do for someone robbing you, for your house being on fire, for road rage escalating? Do you have a plan? Most guys have a plan for their house, for their car, for their family, for their things, but they don't have a plan for them, for their heart, for their life, and for their marriage. Wow. Yeah. 
That's what I – and I'm telling you, I, ca- I catch guys all the time – they they come in and they talk and they tell me what what happened and of course when we get through the emotions of Pastor Ron you're not going to believe what I did like maybe the next session I get into all right tell me walk me through why do you think this happened all right so let's talk really quick you have to have a plan mm-hmm. and I'm telling you Jacob listed everything that we're going to talk about here I'm, just, I'm, I'm rattle I'm going to rattle these off and then we're going to develop them so to have a plan means number one you got to set up a perimeter. Mm. Okay, so the title of this episode is Living Outside the Wire. So there has to be a defined perimeter where things cannot trespass, Mm. right? Um, Like this is my safe zone, this is my home, uh, this is my personal life, this is my integrity, this is my character, blah, 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 okay? So you have to set up a perimeter. Now, knowing that you set up a perimeter, hang on, guys, stay with me. Now, you have to know you set up a perimeter, not just being aware of protecting what's inside the perimeter, Mm -hmm. but knowing that when I go outside the perimeter, I'm vulnerable. Yeah. So you're vulnerable when you go on a job site and you're around guys of, of, of bad morals. You're vulnerable when you're with other employees or a boss or a structure that does not have the greatest business ethics. You're vulnerable when everybody after work wants to go hang out at some really cool spots, but they're not family-friendly, and they do not promote good thinking, Mm. right? So you have to, yeah, number one, get a perimeter, but live from that perimeter. What I'm saying is know that your life has to constantly be protected, but you can't always walk in a bubble, but you can put a a, a plan in place. Feel the cost. I'm going to develop this one in just a moment, but here's what that means. It means, and I heard this, okay, I think his name was Malcolm Muggeridge, was a, a famous author, and he shares a story of being on the uh, on the field, and he was taking a bath in a river in India. Mm. And in India, that's, that's what they do, right? And so he notices this extremely gorgeous lady get into the water, take her clothes off. She's ha- She has her back to him. He's telling the story, and he's like, I can't believe this is happening. There's no one around. Like, and now he begins to think there's no one around. So maybe, right? And he's just playing this scenario out in his head. And the lady's about 10 feet away from him. Listen to what I'm about to tell you. The lady's about 10 feet away from him. She turns around and she has leprosy. Wow. While she had her back to him, his mind was already playing out what if scenarios and like in the bad way. Mm hmm. Like, she's good-looking, we're alone, we both don't have our clothes on, we're in the water. She turns around, and at that moment, here's what he said. He said, how grotesque was my sin. Wow. He didn't say her face. Yeah. He said, I played this thing out, and and her leprosy just sort of wasn't uh, overwhelming to me. It was the fact of I played that sin out. What if I would have done that? What if I would have committed that? I could have lost my marriage, could have lost my family, could have lost my job, could have lost my reputation. And at that moment, what I saw on her face was the cost of sin in my life. Mm. Yeah. One of the most powerful illustrations I think I've ever heard. So we're going to talk about that, how to feel the cost. Set up a perimeter, feel the cost, and you got to make a way out. All right, so let's talk about this. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. You guys know this first. You're probably quoting it with me already. Let me give you the Living Bible version. 
the wrong desires that come into your life aren't anything new and different. Stop. Almost every guy I meet thinks his temptation was different than everybody else's. And here's how I know, because they go, you don't understand, Pastor Ron. What do you mean I don't understand? Right? If, well, I'm a, are, you, are you saying I'm not a guy? Well, I understand. I understand everything you're going through. I've struggled with every bit of what I'm talking about today, um, spe- specifically as a young man, even more as a pastor. You think just because I'm a pastor, the devil stops? You think the devil just says, oh, he's a pastor now. He doesn't need to be tempted. Absolutely not. Okay? All right, so every guy goes through the same temptations, which means you can have accountability with other guys because they know exactly what you're going through. All right, let's finish the verse. Many others have faced exactly the same problems before you. And no temptation is resistible, the Bible says. God will show you how to escape. All right, so everybody faces temptation. It's man's oldest problem. We all have had problems with temptation and will continue. I'm tempted. You're tempted. It's a sin to be tempted. It's not a sin to be tempted. It's a sin to follow through and give in to the temptation, Mm. right? I think it was Charles Spurgeon that said this, you can't keep the birds from flying over your head, but you can keep them from making a nest in your hair. Hmm. Ah, that's good. All right, even Jesus was tempted. So hang on, let's talk about this. All right, so two things we're going to talk about, really three, temptation, success, and pride. Now, all three of those, temptation, success, and pride, listen, have the same root. And the root is lack. I don't remember what episode it was, four or five, where we talked about negativity and winning the battle in your mind. And I said, um, negativity, uh, all of that, and wrong mental thoughts stem from lack. So the reason why we start having bad mental thoughts is we think, oh, pity, poor me, like, I don't have friends, I don't have this, I don't... Well, temptation and success have the same root. Why do we know that? Well, go back to the Garden of Eden conversation. Lucifer said to Eve, why would God tell you not to do this? Is he afraid you might find out? Like, uh, is he trying to withhold from you? So now Eve is tempted in the area of lack. Like, yeah, why am why is this being withheld from me? Why would God not share this with me? Why do I not have the wisdom that he wants me to have? Temptation and success have the same root. Wow. Lack. Lack of money. So what are we tempted to do? We're tempted to sort of fudge the ethics to get a little more money. Lack of security, lack of identity, lack of peace. So what are we able to do? We're able to find security in something, an, an addiction, um, uh, a drink, uh, a, a drug, uh, images, um, lack of identity. Maybe we feel like we're constantly beat up at work and nobody respects me for who I am. All oh, the devil comes in and says, this respects you. This will fill that hole, uh, a lack of peace, lack of purpose. This is the biggest one. We're going to end with this. But temptation, pride, and success have the same root, lack, lack of purpose. I, listen, I've discovered that most men, including myself, fall into temptation when I have too much undeveloped, unprotected, and unplanned time, mm. meaning there's a lot of gaps when I'm not doing anything purposeful. This is why a lot of guys fall into temptation, um, because they don't like their job. It's, they feel like it's just paying the bills. It's dead end, and so there's no fulfillment. All right, let's be honest. The reason why you fall into temptation is you feel like your marriage is just sort of a dead end. Like, it's kind of in a rut, and you're like, I, I need a little excitement here. 
And trust me, the devil will provide opportunities of excitement. But it comes out of lack. Again, 1 Corinthians 10, 13, the wrong desires come into your life. Everybody experiences them. God has a way of escape. So let's talk about this. Jacob mentioned it right off the bat. All right, he said it, 1 Corinthians 16, 13. This is the verse he, he didn't know he was saying, but he said it. Be on your guard and stand firm in the faith. Be courageous, be strong. Like he said, like I've got I've got security, I'm aware, I'm watching videos, um, I've got a perimeter, I'm, I'm on guard, right? Guys, this is front sight. If there was another verse for front sight, it's this one. And by the way, our verses for front sight are found in 2 Timothy 2, but uh, this one right here, 1 Corinthians 16, 13. Guys, be on guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong. Man, if there's one verse I could give, guys, it's that right there. The world is has, has made biblical manhood, well, manhood in general, um, something not to be desired. Yeah. And and to make you even afraid to sort of be on guard, right? Listen to James 1. How can a young man keep his way pure? By living according to your word. Mm. Temptation is the pull. Listen. Temptation is the pull of your own evil thoughts and wishes. These thoughts lead to evil actions. Remember, thoughts begin in the mind. They are accentuated in the brain when they become attached to words. Words form actions. The Bible is one of the greatest neurological resources ever created by God. And he's telling us right here, temptation begins with your thoughts. The devil wants to come in and plant an absolute stinky thought in your head that says you need this. All right, so can we under let, let's take a moment and understand how temptation works. Okay. All right. So the Bible tells us this right here. Temptation is the pull of your own evil thoughts. All right. So the battle starts in your mind. Mm-hmm. If the devil gets your attention, then he can get your feelings. Mm. All right, I pause there for just a moment. If the devil gets your attention from an image, from a thought, from a possibility, from a hope, from a sensation, he gets your feelings. If he gets your feelings, he gets your actions, right? Um, so, you, you, for instance, you say stuff like this. I'd never do that. Um, there's no way I'd ever be that guy. There's no way I'd ever fall in this. I, I, there, I, are you kidding me, right? A lot of folks say that. He gets your attention, then it moves from your attention to mental stage, the feeling like, well, just try it on. Mm. See how it feels. You might like this. All right, hang on. If he gets your feelings, if you're not careful, you're a goner. Because we are so emotionally based people. Thoughts determine feelings, and feelings determine actions. And the key is to change your mental thoughts. Matthew 5, 28, anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Can, can I take a moment and explain that? Yeah. All right. So honestly, can we just be totally honest here? You're probably looking at that verse and going, well, good Lord, I've committed adultery a thousand times a day. Like I drive by a billboard and I see, you know, a female scantily clad. But hang on. Now, let me define what this actually means. I'm not giving you lee room to lust. That's not what I'm about to say. But what this means is that the phrasing there means you actually look upon someone with the thought that she can be mine, Hmm. meaning you've robbed, right? You've robbed now your wife of the vows that you've stated. You've robbed your marriage, and you've even robbed her if she's married. You've robbed her and the other guy. That's a more literal translation of what that looks at. Again, I'm not giving you leeway to go lust. That's not what I'm saying. 
but you have to understand what that means. Okay, so here it is. I, I heard these phrases years ago. Adultery starts in the head before it gets to the bed. Adultery starts in the head before theft starts in the head before it lands in your hand. Mm. Have you ever watched somebody get caught on like cops or something like that and they're and they literally have like drugs in their hand? Yeah. And then the cop says something like this, hey man, you got drugs. And what does he say next? It's like, no, I don't. He's like, no, I don't. He's like, that's not mine. <laughs> and so, well, whose is it? It's in your hand. Right? Like, I don't know how that got there. What do you mean you don't know how it got there? Like, right? I love that. Theft starts in the head before it lands in your hand. Now, here's the third one. Pride always cuts in. Like, it cuts in. It cuts in mentally. It cuts in emotionally way before it ever cuts you off. Here's what we mean by that. The Bible says it this way. Pride comes before the fall. fall. So pride cuts in before it cuts you off. Don't have time to go into this, but let me give you this little story that you remember the story of David and Bathsheba, 2 Samuel 11. Here's a quick sermon on this one. I can give it to you in four words. He looked, he lusted, he laid, and then he lied. That's a that's a recipe for disaster right there. So guys, let me go back. What do we what do we said about temptation? You have to have a plan, set a perimeter, feel the cost. Here's what I tell guys all the time, especially when it comes to pornography. Um, here's what I tell guys. What if that was your child somebody was looking at? What, what, right? What if you found out that, God forbid, right? But what What if you found out that, that, what if you knew somebody else was looking at your daughter or your child in that way? How would you feel? Well, then here's what I tell them next. Quit looking at somebody else's daughter like that, right? Just stop, mm-hmm. right? That you're, you're, you're giving in to the enemy. All right, so you got to have a plan. You got to have a way to get out. And God tells you in His Word, you can't have. Now let's switch to success. We talked about temptation. Let's talk about success. What exactly is success? I believe it or not, I have a lot of guys that struggle with success. And I don't mean becoming or being successful. I mean, like, how to define it. Yeah. And what does that look like? And how do I not fall victim to it? Let me give you the biblical definition, I think. Um, of, of success. Success is a continuing desire to be the person God has called me to be, to achieve the goals that God has helped me to set. Hmm. Now, hang on. Nowhere in the Bible will you find that God is against you being prosperous. Joshua 1.9 tells us if you keep God's Word, which is why I end the podcast when I say, Ready on the right, ready on the left, already on the firing line. That is both borrowing language from shooting uh, on the shooting range. It's also borrowing language that is that is front sight oriented, but it's more importantly borrowing language that's from the Bible. Yeah. In Joshua chapter 1, he says, don't veer to the left, don't veer to the right. If you'll keep God's word in your heart, basically you'll stay on the road of success. So God is not against you being successful. Like, God... God doesn't want to limit Christians to a certain income. Yeah. Nowhere in the Bible does God say, oh, you're over $100,000 annually. Like, that's not godly. <laughs> no, he, nor does he look at it and say, oh, my gosh, you're under $10,000 this year. You're so poor, you're ungodly. No. God's not against you having 14 boats and three houses and, and 17 LCD OLED screens, whatever. He's not against that. Now, 
if those houses, if those cars, if those screens become an idol and they take the place of God, then yes, we got a problem. Yeah. But he's not against success. But what is success? Success is not screens and houses and cars. Success is a continuing desire. Okay, st- stop. Ah, I need to explain this. My goodness. Success isn't something that's that's measurable by dollars and houses. Um, it's not something that you can look at and you go, okay, I've reached um, this level of income or this level of retirement or I've got these many toys in my garage. Yeah. Success isn't, in the, according to the Bible, isn't measurable like that. Mm-hmm. It's a, it is a continuing desire to be who God has called me to be, meaning success takes on a different um, place depending upon where you are with God and what God wants you to do. Now, I love that yeah. because it's not something I'm constantly having to achieve in terms of things. Yeah. I'm, I'm constantly having to be who God wants me to be and like God, let God give me what he wants me to have in order to do what he wants me to do. Success is an ongoing process is what I'm saying. Hmm. It's not a quantity that can be measured or a strategy that is fully defined. Please hear me. Success is a concept within a process. Yeah. You have to get that. If you if you step outside of that understanding, you're going to constantly try to see success as something measurable and you're always going to fall short. The world does. The world defines it that way. The world defines it that way. So you're going to fall short based upon the world's standards. And what's going to happen? Lack. Yeah. When lack steps in, then I begin to say, well, I'm not enough. I need more. This will satisfy me. And then we pers- we start pursuing things that we should never pursue. Oh, man, somebody said this. I don't know who, but I love it. Success is a horrible hero and an even worse God. Hmm. Yeah. Because, guys, here's what you got to know. Someone's going to be the teacher of success in your life. Somebody. You, a boss, a wife. Believe it or not, your kiddos. Your kiddos may, you know, they're, they're going to they're gonna want certain things, and they may sort of say, you know, well, Dad, I don't have this type of shoe. I don't wear these type of clothes. And you may not feel successful as, as a parent. How, how do I recognize the process? How do I get involved? Well, this honestly, it's kind of easy. It's, it's called wisdom. Yeah. It's called wisdom. The, the wisest man in the world was also the wealthiest man in the world, and he learned some really hard lessons for you and I. And it's, it's, we have to exercise wisdom. So how do I do that? How do I get involved with God's process of success? Number one, I got to receive God's wisdom, get in his word. Mm-hmm. Number two, I, got, I have to like incline my ear to God's wisdom. There's so many voices out there competing for your attention of what is defined as success. You have to constantly reset the meter. Ah, you constantly have to, to dope the scope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me say it that way because it's front sight. You constantly have to dope the scope. Like the targets are going to change, right? Uh, 50 yards, 100 yards, 200 yards, 500, whatever. You're going to have to constantly dope the scope for what God would have you to aim at. If I try to shoot at 500 yards, what I'm doing at 100 yards, I'm going to miss. Yeah. Right? You're going to have to sight in. I'm going to have to sight in. I've got to dope that scope every time. Someone's going to be the teacher. Someone's going to teach you or, or try to teach you how to sight in according to their way or the world's way, 
you're going to have to constantly give your ear to God's wisdom. And number three, activate God's wisdom. You got to receive it. You got to listen to it. You got to activate it. Okay, why do I say that? Why do I say those three? I sit with a lot of men, and they can quote scripture just as good, if not better, than me. And when I'm when I'm t- when I'm telling them, like, here's what you got to do. They're like, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Mm. I got it. I got it. But all they do is sit on that, and they never activate it. And then yeah. they honestly, they come back six months later, and they're like in the same spot. Mm. And I'm like, bro. You you received you 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 listened but you never put it into practice. One of my favorite preachers, one of my Vance Havner, right? Very few people know him, but he said this: most of God's will is discovered above the neck. Hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> meaning wisdom in your head, right? So how do I ensure that number one? We already talked about temptation. Get a plan. Number two, success, and now I'm going to combine success and pride. How do I make sure that I stay in God's process? I'm going to give it to you. The Bible does, rather. It's actually the principle of tithing, Um, stewardship, in other words. If you'll read Proverbs um, chapter 3, right? If you'll read Proverbs chapter 3, you'll learn what I'm about to share with you. And I don't have time. We don't have a whole lot of time to go into this, but here's what. If you'll learn to be a good steward— uh, it, it puts priorities. Okay, so remember what we're dealing with is we're dealing with lack. And because we don't think we have enough or we've not arrived or I'm not enough or I need more than what I'm receiving, lack, right? Mm-hmm. However you want to define lack in your life, temptation steps in and says, this will ha- make you happy. Success steps in from a worldly perspective and said, get more. That'll make you happy. Mm. God's Word actually says, if you have lack, give it, give it away. Literally, give it away. Like, if you'll trust me with your finances, trust me with your your possessions, trust me with your heart, trust me with your ministry, the the more we hang on to, we actually don't have, mm. and we feel more of a lack. The more we give away, God just continues to give, and the hand stays full. Yeah, It's an amazing principle. How do I invest in God's process? Number one, you got to honor the Lord. The Bible says that in Proverbs chapter 3. Honor the Lord. Honor the Lord with your thoughts. Honor the Lord with your hands. Honor the Lord with your head. Honor the. If you're not, then you're going to jump in a, in water, and you're going to see somebody floating towards you, and you think now's the opportunity. Are you going to listen to the world's success, their 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 definition of success, and you're going to think, well, this is it. And then when you arrive at that road, you find out the road just keeps on going, and you're not at, you've not actually arrived. There's more road in front of you, mm. and you're like, what in the world did I just do? I just spent my entire career trying to get to this level only to realize there's more road, yeah. and you've just wasted a, a ton of your life. Honor the Lord with what? With your possessions. Now, notice that. It doesn't just say your checkbook. That's your car, your truck, your tools, your clothes, your shoes, your food. Honor the Lord with all of your and with your first fruits. Guys, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, one of the secrets to success is being a tither. I know right now. I, I, I know. Right now you're listening to me going, Pastor Ron, I, I, I no longer live like I've advanced. I no longer live check to check. Like I'm advanced. I live by direct deposit, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of like I, week to week, it's the bills. It's overwhelming. I get it. Been there. And and honestly, still go in and out of that sometimes now, depending on the season of life we're in as a family. But God always gets what's first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, and try, Why do we say this? Because if you're not acknowledging God, you're always going to live in a state of lack. Yeah. 
And when you exist in lack, temptation and pride step in, and that's when the fall happens. You might feel like you're going to fall when you're not, it, when you begin to give to God. Yeah. You're going to say, I don't have the time. I don't have the money. Mm-hmm. We're already stretched. I'm just telling you right now, you step out of that comfort zone and step into God's process, and you will find yourself no longer lacking. The Bible says that. if In, in the book of James, if anyone lacks wisdom, let them ask of God. There's that word, lack. So what is success? All right, let me wrap this up, and it also just defines temptation as well. The measurement of success is simply the ratio of the talents used to the talents received. Mm. That's what success is. Success is not so much do I have, how much money do I have in the bank, how much, what's my salary cap, what's my education, what's my influence, how many men am I over, how big is my company, blah, blah, blah. No, the measurement of success is am I equally using what God has equally given? Mm. Yeah. Right? That's success. So what are you doing with what you've got, guys? What are you becoming? Who are you becoming? Are you a growing, maturing Christian? Whether you're in a, in a business, Christian work, day laborer, professional, academic, maturing Christian, right? Are you using a large percentage of your talents? That's what is success. Now, let me finish with this. It is good to have things that money can buy. The Bible's not against you having a good time. It is good to have things money can buy. But it is even better to have things money can't buy. Yeah. You know what I love about where I'm at right now? I look back at my life and, 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 uh, you know, I look at Raina and on my desk is a picture of her in her bridal dress, probably taken months before we were married. And I keep that there as a reminder, one for counseling. So when people sit down, I use that picture as an example, but I keep it so I can see it. I look back at almost 29 years of marriage. And I'm like, first of all, there's nobody else but Raina that could have put up with my junk, right? Like she was absolutely called to marry me, and she was called to be in ministry. Those two things right there, universe explained. I mean, like for me. I look back look back at that now, and, and I'm like, wow. You know, everything Raina is, I would not trade any ounce of that. Even her weaknesses, right? I wouldn't trade any of that. Because there's so much about Raina that that I that money can't buy, that that someone else can't give me, or nothing else can put in its place. It's better to have things that money can't buy, like a solid marriage, a loving family. I am at the stage of life now where, unfortunately, I talk to a lot of men my age that have kiddos that are now out of the house in their own world. And they, A, don't even come back to see them, or they can't get them into church, or their values, priorities, and ethics and morals are not what they need to be. And they're like, Pastor Ron, I thought I was doing everything I could to provide this, 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 and this, but I didn't provide the things that money can't buy. Hmm. I hear that statement at least once a month. So how do I get to that point, all right? Guys, you got to look back at what you have. Look back at what you have and be blessed by what you have. Can we end where we started? If you're going to live outside the wire, and you are, like you're going to have to leave a perimeter of home. If you're going to live outside the wire where the enemy exists, 
Like as soon as you step off base, you are on guard. The enemy is out to take you out. The way you live outside the wire is fill the gap of lack by having an attitude of gratitude, an attitude of blessing at what I do have. The devil wants to not come in and talk about what you have. He wants to come in and talk about what you could have because of what you don't currently have. Don't listen to that. Listen to me. You can be a man of God. You can be a strong employee. You can be a strong boss. You can be a godly husband. You can be a godly father. What you are providing is absolutely enough, even if it's just your presence that is ends with C-E, not T-S. Even if you are, if it's just your presence in their life, go home and love your wife. Go home and forget about your to-do list. Roll around in the grass with the kids, right? Go out and turn the sprinkler on and just have a good time. Go out and do something that you normally wouldn't do. Go out and enjoy a, a cone of ice cream. Go, go, go out and just have a blessed time enjoying what you have. Quit looking at what you don't have. Because you're opening yourself up for attack outside the wire. Mm. Quit letting the devil rob you on a daily basis and thereby making a fool of you based upon the decisions he fooled you into making. Yeah. Stop. You can be a godly man. Pull up that that model rifle in this instance of, of becoming godly. Take aim at biblical manhood. Take aim at biblical manhood. Faithful, focused, Fearless, that's what we're striving for. We're wrapping this up right now, and guys, I want to tell you, you can absolutely do this. I believe in you. I'm praying for you. I've watched so many men recover and turn around. We're praying for your strength. We're praying for your courage. Fearless, faithful, focused. You can do it. God bless. Share, share, share. Hey, live outside the wire. Be strong. Be a man of God. See you next time. 